Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, we're right in the middle of the Winter Olympics over in South Korea, and I was lucky enough to speak with Tommy Ford, U.S. Olympic skier who has also participated in the 2010 Winter Olympics and has a very exciting journey as we talked about his time growing up and his path all the way to the Olympics. He will race in the Giant Solemn event on February 18th, so it should be very, very exciting. Check it out. It's a very exciting podcast. I think you will really, really enjoy it. Also, like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com for more details and to sign up. All right, let's first hear from Chestnut Hill Technologies and Stone Love and Pizza, and then go right into the podcast with U.S. Olympic skier Tommy Ford. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Hello and welcome to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technology. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, with full swing coming up in February, one of the major sporting events of the calendar year is the Winter Olympics. And I'm lucky enough to be joined here in the podcast with U.S. Olympic skier Tommy Ford, who is... On his way to Korea to begin and play in the Giant Solemn event uh, next week in South Korea. First of all, Tommy, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's good to be on your show after hearing about it for a little while. No doubt about it. Now, Tommy and I are cousins. We go way back. You know, it's, it's funny, Tommy, thinking about you being in the Olympics. Always, you know, we saw each other pretty much every July 4th, and we always had some games in the yard. We called them the Olympics, and now it's, like, ironic. You're actually in the Winter Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really great, but it'll have to do. <laughs> so you're all set. You're going to be in Korea. Just Let's just go back for a second, Tommy. Um, you grew up in Bend, Oregon. Mount Batcher was your home base, skiing base. Your parents are very involved in skiing. I know your parents coached at Dartmouth. Just talk about how you got involved skiing from an early age. Yeah, well, like you said, my parents were both coaches and and raced when I grew up, and my brother raced as well, and just kind of fell into it. Um, started ski racing, actually racing around seven or eight at Mount Bachelor Ski Education Foundation, and grew up to that club uh, for through high school, and then went from that club straight onto the U.S. team. Was there a moment for you growing up when you were like, oh, okay, you know what, I'm pretty good here. I talked to other athletes in the past, and they say, like, 
you know, they realize maybe like high school or even middle school, they're like, you know what, I can do well at this. Did you have like a moment or a race where you felt like, wow, this is this is cool? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I was, I guess, had results as a youngster. And I was like, it's just something I really enjoyed doing. And I knew I always wanted to do as much skiing as I could. And even like fifth grade, like, I want to be the best here in the world. I just want to, I want to go. And that's, that's like what drove me. It was just the skiing. And, you know, talk about now as you entered high school. I know I remember talking to you back then in Oregon. Just talked about how you, like, fit skiing in. What was your typical day like after high school uh, practicing skiing? Uh, well, now Bachelor, uh, MBSDF, the club, had worked out a program with the district, the school district, so we could take half-day classes um, through the winter term. And the second, so we go to school in the morning, then go up to the mountain and train for three hours. And we do that three times a week. So be, and then ski on the weekends, so five times a week. Cold. Excuse me. Um, so that really helped a lot with just getting on snow, being able to get a lot of experience. And then traveling for races on the weekends was always a fun adventure, but it definitely was a challenge for the, the books. Um, we had to take, most of my teammates and I had to take extra courses in the summer to keep up with credits and, and get some tutor help, help with math, because, like, you had to teach yourself math, basically, through a textbook and have help every once in a while from the teacher. That was a little challenging, but, you know, made it through and was able to get into a good school and continue to race as well. Yeah, so you end up going to Dartmouth. Um, just talk about those early national events, though, for you. Uh, before the 2010 Vancouver Olympics and those leading up to the World Cup events. I know you did a lot of national events before that. Just take us back to that stage and what that was like. Yeah, I mean, so when I was about 16, 17, there's a junior national race, and um, I competed a little bit at the national level here and there, and I was pretty young, like 13, 14. But at that race, I in some valley, I basically swept it. I won three golds and one silver there. And I was like, that was pretty cool experience to feel that and know I could ski that well. And became some good, made good, made good friends for the rest of my career so far. Like Nolan Casper and Tom Schiedmeyer, like got to know them way back at that race. And these guys are from Vermont and um, New York. And that just kind of, that camaraderie carried over into the U.S. team. And we started racing Norams, which are higher level. And U.S. Nationals, like, for everyone. And I did well in all those as well. I started winning there and was able to compete at the World Cup level my, my like, second year after high school, uh, or maybe third year. And that qualified me. I did. I had a good race and got some World Cup points. So that qualified me for Vancouver in 2010. And then, Tommy, talk about that Vancouver 2010 experience. Um you know, you had a great showing. The Giant Solemn event finished 26, the second highest American, only behind Ted Ligety. Just talk about what your first Olympics were like for you, and basically in your backyard. Or if you had to pick a place around the world, Whistler from Oregon is really close by. So just talk about all that yeah. that experience, especially as a 20 year old. Yeah, well, I mean, that whole year was pretty wild. That was my first year on the World Cup, which is 
those World Cups are pretty big events in Europe and here in Colorado. Um, so just that was nerve wracking itself getting there. And I was like, cool, I can, I can ski fast, I can do this, and then get to the uh, Olympic level was like mind boggling and pretty intense. Like we were preparing for it, but it kind of pop in and out of the the whole environment. We could train down in Utah and then come up and then race and. I was up there for the opening ceremonies, and it just kind of blew me away. <laughs> it's hard to put in the words how cool and how cool that was to see having people come together from all over the world. And really fortunate to have my family able to be able to come up and friends and uh, close to our uh, further family. And um, yeah, and <laughs> as far as like the actual performance, I was nervous as heck and had a hard time. Just letting that go and hard time eating for like a week. Uh, so it was mixed emotions. It was unreal, but also high anxiety. And you finished 26, time, too. What's that? You finished, you had a pretty, even all the nervousness, you still finished 26. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I was happy to make it down and be done with it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. And you were, you were so young back then. Uh, Tom, let's let's fast forward to 2011, 2012. You keep going World Cup events. Just take listeners. Tell us your schedule, like with balancing your time at Dartmouth, traveling around the world. We'll take us back to those years. What it's like uh, for people who may not know the circuit. So, oh yeah. So after 2010, I yeah got more comfortable on the World Cup circuit and was skiing more events, skiing fall, skiing Super G as well as Giant Fall. And I'm um, starting to improve my results a little bit here and there, but also it's uh, kind of occurring. I was like getting little little injuries here and there, like broken hand, and uh, I think broke my hand a couple times and you know, tweaked my hip, and ended up getting hip surgery in 2012. Uh, so I recovered from that. Well, I partially recovered from that and got back to the World Cup, um, in my opinion, too quick. I did a little race and scored a couple of World Cup points, but uh, I soon, the next 2013, January, I broke my femur. Uh, I was free skiing in France, and that really took a toll on, <laughs> on the timeline of expected events. So I had to take a, a seat back and go to school for a little bit and do a two-year recovery process. Yeah, that, that caused you, I was going to mention that, that caused you to miss the Soki games in Russia. So just talk about that. You know, Was that tough to watch, and did that make you want to work harder to kind of get back in the full swing of things uh, in the following year? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I got that rod in my leg, and then I went to school and had it removed halfway through school, and that was had it removed just before the 2014 Olympics. And to have it removed, it's another, like, six-month recovery. So I was laying at school, doing studying art and watching, living in the woods <laughs> by the river, in a kind of cabin out of school. Uh, and we got spotty internet, and I was able to stream some races here and there. But honestly, I, I wasn't searching out to watch the World Cup too much. I watched some Olympic stuff here and there. It just was tough to watch, not be in there. Uh, I mean, I was like for my teammates, of course, but I was being selfish and, <laughs> like, you know, 
is I'd, I'd like to be doing it. And uh, yeah, I had a, the drive to come come back to skiing from the beginning, not necessarily racing right from the beginning. It took time to build up to racing. Like, yeah, okay, I want to do that again. And just what I learned through healing and school and studying art was uh, really enlightening to the process and learning to enjoy the process of of life and um, that just brought back the joy of skiing and racing and arcing. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! And then then you really came back strong, 2016, 2017. You had five top 20 finishes. You finished the year ranked overall 28th in the World Cup standings. And then you had a big, big race. Uh, Beaver Creek this past December, December 3rd, you finished 10th in the World Cup race. And I think it, that probably propelled you to uh, Korea for the Olympics. Just talk about that whole experience and this this most recent trek where you've gotten back to the Olympics. Well, I look at that broken femur as a reset a little bit. I've ever since then I've been building uh, strength, confidence, um, yeah, and just the will to accept what comes. And that that's carried into training. I've gotten stronger, and I've been training more consistently on on skis. And I really just carried that over from the hill, from training into race, uh, which sometimes it's tricky to do. So I was positive to see that uh, come into fruition at Beaver Creek. And I maintained that type of ski for a couple more races. Uh, it started to sheer rate kind of at the end of December and kind of working on rebuilding it at the moment. You know, I, I'm glad to have you on. I want to ask you this question. What is it like to hear that crowd? Because I was watching on TV, Beaver Creek, that crowd just exploded because when you finished – at the time, you were in first place for a while. What was it like as coming down the mountain? Take us into your head. What's it like that rush? Uh, we hear the crowd roar down the stretch when you're finishing in first place. Um, you know, I was coming, like, actually skiing. I'm so focused that uh, it's hard to get too jockeyed by it. But definitely coming down that last that last pitch right into the crowd, like, there they are. But it's like, all right, it's got to be like, I'm not there yet. You just think work through the finish. Uh, so once I got through the finish and I was able to accept that applause, I mean, that was something special to do it at home. Like, it's, I don't know, I just had a smile on my, day, my face the whole day. And it was nice like to see some kids there. And uh, had some reminders of 
what it's all about. And then Tom, you found out recently, like the last 10 days or so, you're going to the Olympics in South Korea. Just take us to your, your thoughts that moment and tell our listeners what your plan is, what time you're flying out, what your schedule is going to be like over the next 10 days or so uh, as you race on February 18th for the Olympics and the uh, GS event. Yeah, so when I found out, it was kind of like gradual find out. I, I technically qualified from that year recreation in December, so it was, it was kind of a security thing through the next races, but it wasn't set until they announced it officially. Uh, and it's just, I mean, it's an honor to ski for our country. And uh, as far as going and the actual logistics of it all, like I've just kind of reiterate what I've gone through with my recovery and experience in the past is to maintain my connection and enjoy the trip and take in the experience and enjoy myself and the skiing will come and trust in it. Now, will you will you be in the opening ceremonies this year as well and will you stay in the Olympic Village? Yeah, if I make my flights. <laughs> I know you're flying out tonight, believe it or not, to Korea. Yeah, flying out tonight, uh, this flight this morning, uh, but getting there just for processing, just in time, the, the day, next day is opening ceremonies, I believe, 8th or 9th, but I know that better than I do. Yeah, I'm going to be there for that, and then we go and train for a couple of days uh, just before the event. And then, you know, just, just take our listeners, what is it like the morning of the event? Just how do you prepare? Where, where, how do you get your mind right? On the morning of the 18th, what will you do? And I know you need to you have two runs, you have to qualify, but just just take us into your mental mindset that morning. Well, just waking up and knowing where you're at, just just kind of listening, seeing where you're at mentally is first step. Uh, then addressing. I mean, I wake up slow and kind of allow my body to move and kind of work out the kinks from sleeping and. And I sit and intentionally quiet my mind. Just continue that that practice of uh, just that intention to quiet things down, and and then just try to be easy and make sure the body's ready throughout the morning. Do some warm ups off the hill, get on the hill, do a quality inspection with nice presence, and then do a little more skiing. Actually, get the feel of it, and. Then it's kind of a waiting game. We there's set times. It's usually kind of a spread out day, so we're just kind of sit and wait. We don't want to see too much, so put out too much energy. Uh, and then once we get into that start area, it's honing in, quieting the mind, and continuing to keep the body warm and ready to fire. And actually, in the gate, it's emptying everything and trusting. And Tommy, what what is your goal like for the race this year? I know you finished twenty six in Vancouver. Do you want reali- realistic? Do you think tenth place? Do you want to try to get a medal? What, what what's your mindset in terms of racing at the Olympics coming up? Well, in terms of, in terms as in terms of racing, maintaining that connection and joy throughout the game, throughout the race, after the race. That's really my goal there. Gotcha. Yeah. 
And then, you know, talk, talk about your teammates. You know, what, what, give us, what's Ted Ligety like? What's the other U.S. teammates? How do you feel as a Team USA heading to the Olympics this year? Team's been awesome. We we I've been with Ted for kind of eight years now. Yeah, it's been a little while. Got to know him slowly over the time. Like we're both competitors. Got our own opinions, but we also, you know, we enjoy our each other's company and the conversations, and uh, we play games on the side. And him and Ryan Cochran Seagull have been my most consistent teammates this this year. Uh, Dave Chinonsky comes in and out, and Tim Dillhoff every once in a while as well. And we got a good crew. We're always kind of we're pushing each other in training. Everyone's fast at any given time. Uh, yeah, we're good to have that group group mentality of just pushing each other and working with the equipment and just. You also have, of course, Lindsey Fawn and some young ski racers on the other women's side as well that should be should do pretty well. Yeah, my girlfriend, Loren Ross, is going to be there as well. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That'll be fun. She's uh, had a big injury in the spring and has had a ridiculously cool comeback. She's worked her butt off and has taught me many things and has shown extreme courage and faith in the fear of returning to uh, high, high stress sport on the body. Yeah, that, it, that's really, really cool, Tommy. Uh, any other events you're looking forward to watching uh, uh, other than your event, of course? Uh, I don't know my whole schedule all that. I don't know what I'll be able to watch. I'd like to see Lorenz race. I'd like to see some hockey, uh, maybe some slope style events. Uh, her biggest team is actually pretty cool to watch. <laughs> live, I see it on TV. I enjoy seeing that. So we'll see. Yeah. And then last question, Tommy. Uh, just talk about where do you go from here. Tell our listeners what your schedule is like after this, your summer schedule. I don't think people realize you ski really year-round. Yeah. I mean, after the Olympics, we go straight to Slovenia train and then we have a World Cup at the beginning of March and Sweden after that and our season wraps up at the end of March there's competition season then we start training again in the spring we'll be training here in the states this spring just over on the west coast where there's some uh, usually some more snow for spring conditions and then August September we head down to Chile and New Zealand for winter snow training. There's not hood near here in Oregon. Uh, that's a glacier, but it gets a little too spring-like, and the skis just don't have the quite quite the same response as they would on winter snow. And summer's a really good opportunity to build a uh, trustworthy quiver of equipment. So we we go chase the snow and enjoy that. And then, and also, you, you're um, you have school as well. Is we try to squeeze that in when you can, right? Yeah, uh, so I did a lot. Of, I did school once, one term a year for four years, and then when I was injured, I did three terms. And since I was injured, I've left school in good standing, and I'm focusing now on my athletic career. 
and we'll come back to Dartmouth when I'm ready to and finish up. I have about four terms left. There you go. Well, Tommy, thanks so much for coming on. We wish you the best of luck. And I know I wouldn't be surprised if we saw you on the medal podium uh, in a couple weeks on uh, February 18th over there in Korea, representing the United States. I'd be surprised, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm. Based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum, CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Well, thanks so much to U.S. Olympic skier Tommy Ford for joining us here on the Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. like to remind everybody, his event, the Giant Solom, will be February 18th. Most likely will be a Saturday night, by the way, on NBC here back in the States. So it should be very, very exciting. We wish him the best and all of Team USA. like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. This is Mike Galtieri signing off.